thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm, I'm so glad you're here because that means you're probably here for your child, which means I don't have to take any home with me. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we, we had a great weekend, and I know that today's weather is it's kind of a uh, hot cocoa kind of day, sitting in the sit in the living room on the sofa in your slippers kind of deal. But thank you guys for being here. You guys are wonderful. Um, I do want, to, uh, do want to thank a lot of people before I even get going. Uh, there, there's so much to be thankful for. Uh, when, whenever I first came out to Bushland, uh, Jeff ended up uh, hiring me about six years ago. And whenever I came out, I decided that we would do a Disciple Now program then and Man, things have changed so much since then. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, the, the first year that we did Disciple Now, um, not many people knew what Disciple Now, D-Now, no, nobody really knew what that was. And, and we, we ended up having just a handful of kids in the youth group anyways. And registration forms, we, we just weren't getting them. We, we had a handful of them. I, I thought, I have an idea. I'm going to get the school phone directory and call people. And so I ended up sitting down at the desk with that phone directory and just cold calling people. It's like, hey, um, can I have your child for the weekend? You can trust me, I promise. (laughs) It was totally, you can't say that in a non-awkward way. And so it was was just great. I I ended up uh, cold calling all these people and the the parents, well, I don't know, It's, it's up to my child. I'd get the child's phone number, and then I'd be like, okay. I'd call them, hey, do you want to come to D-Now Weekend? What is that? It's awesome. Well, I don't know. I'd have to ask my mom. Okay. So then I'd call mom back. Hey, your child said they'd be okay with it if you're okay with it. Mom would say, okay, then I'm all right with it. I'd call her kid back. You're coming. Uh, man, it takes forever to do that for every kid in the school system. Uh, <laughs> Woo, those were some long hours and some high phone bills. Um, but yeah, things have changed so much since then. The, the first year I decided, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I'd, I'd been a student in D-Now. I had been a volunteer in D-Now. Uh, when it was time for D-Now, Jeff, he was, uh, he was my youth pastor. Now I'm his. Uh, but he's the boss both times, so not quite fair. But... I went to him, I said, hey, what, what are some things I need to do? And he, he helped me out. And then, then I, I've got this list of kind of what it looks like. And I think, well, I can take out the trash. That's, that's no big deal. And then this snowstorm came in. It's like, so we're going to have to use the same room that we are eating in for game time. Ah, I can, I can wipe down the tables and put them up and move the chairs. And then move them back and set up for the meal. And then I thought, hey, we need a rec team. Well... Uh, I, I, can, I can lead rec games, and, and I, I ended up getting friends to help me out with that, and so, so we decided we were uh, going to do the rec games ourselves, and, and just thing came to thing, and I just, all these little deals, it's like, oh, I can do that myself, I can do this myself. I ended up even borrowing my mom's Suburban to help transport kids back and forth, and uh, D-Now started getting close, and I saw how many kids were signed up, I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> This is going to be crazy. What have I got to do? And that first night, we got registration done. Uh, I went home. It was, it was early in the morning when I finally got to go home. I laid in bed, and I thought, oh, I hate D now. <laughs> We're never doing this again. 
but since then, uh, God's been teaching me so much, and, and I'm saying all that to say this. You guys make D-Now possible. There is no way I can wrap my hands around it. Uh, it, is, it is such a big program, such a huge program, that we need the body of Christ to help make it happen. And, and I see that every year. Uh, like, uh, man, this year we, we had people volunteering to drive. Uh, we had one guy volunteer on Wednesday night. He said, do you need anything? No, I think I'm good. Thursday morning. Oh, somebody's got to pick up the donuts. Hey, uh, you want to pick up donuts? And I mean, just, yeah, sure. We had people spending the night at the camp to, to feed us, which was wonderful. Uh, we, we had volunteer rec team. I mean, just so many people volunteering and helping in so many ways. Some people helping financially. Well, I don't have any kids going to D now, but here, have this check. You can pay for somebody else to go. There, there are so many of you that have done so much. Uh, even, even the ones who, hey, uh, uh, does your friend want to go? Asking your child, does your friend want to go? So that the word gets out so I don't have to sit in my office for four days calling people. That is wonderful. Thank you guys so much. I can't say that enough. You guys are, man, you guys are huge. And that is not a fat joke, Michael Carter. So this year's theme for Disciple Now was focus. Uh, Craig, he's, he's our speaker, and, and him and I, we, we, we talked throughout the year, and he, he's, he knows it's coming. He told his boss when he got hired as a physical therapist, he said, okay, um, boss, I never get sick. I never ask off for vacation or anything, but I do need these dates. In December, I always get sick, and there's a death in the family. And then right after it, I've got D-Now. Because he's called it the D-Now curse. Uh, he told me this year, he said, hey, I'm running out of family members. I might not want to volunteer anymore. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's great. He's a great guy. And he told me, he said, Asher, your, your program that you guys have at, out at that church, it sounds incredible. You've got, you've got socials. You've got Wednesday night stuff. You've got Sunday morning. You've got small groups. And he listed off some of the ministry teams we do Wednesday night. He said, you guys do so much. He said, but I feel like the word for this year needs to be focus. Because sometimes we can start going and doing so much that we end up losing focus of what really matters. Focus, and, and I'm quoting Jeff here. Uh, you guys have heard him say it, but focus, that's, that's keeping the main thing the main thing. That's what that is. And so this last weekend at, at Disciple Now, we, uh, we looked at how to keep the main thing the main thing, which is Christ. How do we keep Christ as the main thing? And so we looked at a, uh, a verse, and I'll go ahead and have you guys turn there. It's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 will be verse 22 through 33. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. So focus is huge. Focus is huge. In, in, and I'm not just talking in general. I mean, in general, it's good. Uh, if, if you don't think so, give me your glasses. We'll see if it's important. Um, but in, in sports, the coaches always say, get your game face on, get focused. In, in, in 
classes, teachers, hey, get focused on your work, get this test done, get this homework done, get focused on the lesson, parents, get focused on your chores. And so we've got all these things demanding our focus. So our focus starts getting wider and wider. But focus is huge in that we have to keep the main focal point. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. I learned focus was huge in school whenever I got hit in the head with a ball one day. It was in uh, middle school. Uh, I, I, I got hit so hard that, no joke, I fell and my head hit the pavement. And I got up and was like, whoa, what just happened? Knocked me silly. That's what's wrong with me. Um, but I went to class and I, my brother had told me this horror story of one of uh, these people that he knew or heard about. They got hit in the head so hard, his retinas like ripped loose, and he went blind. I just knew that was going to happen to me. I was a little sixth grader. I was scared to death. I was like, I'm going to go blind. I'm going to go blind. I couldn't even focus on the lesson because I was so focused on, can I still focus? <laughs> I remember one day, about a week later, I looked up at a crack on the wall, and I saw two. I thought, oh, no, I'm going blind. I went to the eye doctor, and it ends up, it had nothing to do with the ball hitting me in the head. One of my eyes um, ended up becoming uh, visually impaired. The other one worked fine. But just being halfway out of focus changed everything. I was seeing double. Just, just halfway out of focus changed my world. Focus is huge. In this story in Matthew, we see the disciples. The disciples, they've got this relationship with a dude named Jesus, who is also God. Um, and so they're, they're here with God, and they're having this relationship. And Jesus is, is hanging out with them. He's teaching them. He's doing miracles around him. They know Jesus. They know him well. They know him better than anybody else who came to see Jesus because they were with him all the time. They, uh, they end up getting this huge crowd. Uh, we think this is big, picture 5,000, and then all of them got hungry at once. And so Jesus is like, hey, disciples, why don't you go feed them? I, uh, I would pay money to see the looks on the disciples' face. They're like opening up their wallet looking for their credit cards. Uh, are we going to afford this? Where, where do we get that kind of food? There wasn't a Walmart. And so they, they were in trouble, but Jesus, they, they ended up getting this kid's lunchbox and took it to him. And uh, there, there were fish and loaves in there. And he ended up, uh, Jesus blessed it and multiplied it, fed 5,000. And then they had 12 baskets left over. And I mean, this is the dude that the disciples are hanging out with. Jesus saved their goose over and over and over. Jesus, Jesus was their savior. Well, then you get this story directly after that. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side of the sea. And then he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain himself to pray. Then evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long ways from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And as the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And they said, it's a ghost. And they cried in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them. And he said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter was such a big mouth. 
Tell, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus responded, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he became afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind stopped. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Man, there's so much in that story. Uh, that, that's a story that I've heard since I was little, little. And it, it's one that I still like because uh, man, it, it's kind of comical. Uh, these guys see Jesus, the guy that they've been rooming with, the guy that they've been traveling with for about a year. They know him, and he starts coming, and they're like, ah, who is this? It's a ghost. And they're panicking. They don't even recognize one of their best friends. And I'm sure the, uh, the other disciples on the boat, as Peter's getting out there, they're uh, taking wagers. All right, how many of you think he's going to make it a foot? Two feet. All right, how many of you think he's just going to sink as soon as he falls? I mean, they're, they're just watching Peter do his loudmouth Peter thing. I mean, this is, this is such a great story. And there's so much in here, like, like uh, man, like you see the disciples, they recognize Jesus when things are great, whenever they're going and doing ministry, when they're, when they're uh, reaching people, while they're, while they're ministering, while Jesus is doing miracles, when things are peachy, yeah, that's Jesus. They recognize him. But then as soon as things get a little rough, who's that guy? They don't even recognize him. In our lives, it's easy to recognize God when things are going peachy, when things are going good. It really is. But then when things get a little rough, so easily we do just like the disciples and don't recognize that God is right there, right there trying to help us. And we panic. Like, God, who are you? Why are you doing this to me? And he's just saying, no, I'm, I'm here for you. Uh, in our lives, we've got, we've got waves. Uh, Waves, winds, storms coming against us, and, and you guys know that. You guys know what those look like. They're, they're things like, uh, like work, the, the workload. You, you just do as much as you can. You go home, and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's so much work to be done. And so then you catch yourself working at home, and you just get so worried and stressed. Uh, maybe it's family or relationship. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's your kids. Uh, not you guys. You guys are perfect. But... Maybe it's your parents, but not these parents, because these parents are perfect. Uh, but we, we, end up, we end up getting all these things going. One of, one of the DNAL leaders, I loved it. She came and she said, man, Asher, I'm so tired. It's like, well, do you, do you stay up? Like, no, I went to bed pretty quick. So how are you so tired? What's the deal? She said, all night long, I dreamed the kids kept getting up and talking, and I knew they needed sleep, so I had to keep telling them to go and go sleep. And so she was so worried. Even in her sleep, she was waking up even more exhausted than she went to bed. That happens to all of us. We're thinking of work, family, I, to my to-do list. I'm running out of to-do, and I've still got a list. Um, but man... So easily that stuff can take our focus off of God, but there's another, another deal that can take us off focus of God. That's the status quo. Sometimes just the, 
mundane, everyday, day-to-day thing. This is what I do every day. I, this is what I do every week. I go, to, I go to church on Sunday. I go to work the rest of the week. Church on, on Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, I work in the house. And then Sunday I've got to go. And we just get in this routine. And so easily this routine can take us out of focus. In this story, they're in the sea. The sea always has waves. It does. That's just normal. Those waves, they're distracting Peter. They're getting him off focus. The mundane life can get us off focus. The craziness can get us out of focus. What we have to work on as believers is we have to make sure that we are staying honed in on what we should be. In the hard times, Jesus, in our minds, he can transform from a Savior who loves us to a ghost who's out to kill us. In this story, that's exactly what the disciples thought. Here, the Savior that loves them and wants the best for them and is always taking care of them, suddenly they see him as out to get them. There have been times in my life where I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? Don't you see what is happening? Are you trying to kill me? Don't you realize who I am? But then I have to stop and realize I'm not the one realizing who I am. He knows. I'm thinking I should be up here when really he's up here. Jesus said he would uh, see these disciples on the other side. He said, go ahead of me, meaning I'm going to see you there. And the disciples in the troubles forgot that. Guys, in, in the word of God, there are many promises. And us as students, we, we kind of we looked at that this weekend. There's, there's promises, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans for a hope and a future. Uh, there, there's the promise of that we are more than conquerors. There's, there's promises that we are co-heirs with Christ. In Christ, we can do all things. There's so many promises through the word of God. But then in the trials, sometimes we just panic. There's these promises, and we don't even think about them, and we just, oh my gosh, when we need to get focused. Peter, Peter in this story, it's, it's great. Uh, let, let me look at this. I, w- I want to read this to you. This is awesome. Verse 28, so they see, uh, they see Jesus coming. Jesus said, I'm, I'm Jesus. Hey, guys. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, if it's you. He still doesn't recognize Jesus. Uh, His step of faith out of the boat, what does he have faith in? He doesn't believe it's Jesus right there. He's just, oh, maybe I can do it, being the loudmouth Peter thing. But, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. And Jesus says, come. So Peter, in this story, he didn't even realize. His focus changed. His focus Focus changed three times here. He, he saw, and then he got distracted and worried. But then, once he started sinking, he truly saw. That's when it clicked who he was really looking at and realized he was really looking at Jesus. Sometimes we get going and we, we go to church or we, we, we uh, go to work and, and God is just right there wanting to move and wanting to do miracles in our lives and wanting, wanting to help us and give us a hand and we, we get so 
Ah, uh, yeah, this happens. That we don't truly see. That we don't truly see. And our role is to have this, this heart and mind change to where we do truly see. Uh, example, oh, uh, here's this person that came up to me. I guess I have to talk to him and talk to him. And then afterwards, oh my gosh, my schedule is so out of whack. Oh, oh my goodness. And then afterwards, sit down and realize God's saying, hey, that was a divine appointment. Did you go through the motions or did you truly see me there? That's so convicting to me every time. And that stuff happens in each one of our lives. Uh, it, students in, in uh, your lives at the school, God's got divine appointments for you. People that he wants you to help and people he wants to help you. But we've got to be focused. We've got to be focused. Jesus is a loving Savior. We see that whenever Peter starts sinking. Jesus could have been like, well, should have stayed focused. <laughs> Peter's like, blah, 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 blah. But no, that's not what happened. Jesus is like... Yes, I'll save you. It says that he reached out and grabbed Peter up. He didn't, well, I'll let him blow bubbles for a while. Well, it's kind of like Lazarus. I'll raise him back to life later. <laughs> he didn't do any of that. He is a loving Savior, and he's the same God then as he is today. He wants to help us, but what he requires is us calling out to him and saying, God, help me, for us to stop trying to control, kind of like... Uh, the D now, when I first did it, I had to have my hands on everything. He doesn't want that. He wants us to just say, God, I can't. Please, can you? That's what he wants. That's what he desires. Um, again, three things here that we can do when our lives, when we lose focus. We can splash around. Peter could have tried to do it all on his own. Could have said, I'll get to the boat myself. I mean, we know he can swim. We see that later when Jesus resurrects and he tries to swim to the shore and the boat beats him because he's slow. So he's not a good swimmer, but hey, he can swim. He could have just splashed around. Oh, Jesus neglected me. Jesus didn't help me. I, I can do this on my own. My job is so terrible. I've got all these tasks. My, my marriage is rough right now. My family is having problems. Uh, that teacher at school, this friend, this... And we can, I'm, I'm just going to figure it out. God gave this to me so I could do it. No, God gave it to you so he could help. Jesus asked Peter into the water, not so Peter could walk on the water, but so Jesus could use Peter and work in Peter's life. So Jesus could do, not so Peter could do, and turn around and show off and be like, Hey, Thomas, I know you doubted me. That's not what it was for. It was so he could work in his life. Second thing we could do, we can try to do it on our own, or we can turn and curse God. Like, God, I knew you hated me. I knew you had it out for me all along. Well, that's not, that doesn't line up with the word of God. That's not his promises. The third thing we can do, the only thing we can do that really helps, is to call out to the Lord. That's where our focus should be. When life comes against us, or whenever we're stuck in the mundane, we just need to call out to the Lord. And He'll help. He will help. He will pull us up. So the last thing I've got here, how, how do we keep focused? That, that's a great question. 
How do we keep focused? I mean, there's so many things that can distract us, so many things to, to pull us away, the mundane, the, the stressful. The, there's so much, but there's only one Jesus. It's hard to stay focused on that. So how do we do it? Well, again, what Jeff says, keep the main thing, the main thing. The way we do that is through two things, and the students have heard me say this for years. Grow ourselves closer to God. Grow ourselves closer to God. And also to help us keep focused, grow others closer to God. That's it. Grow ourselves and grow others closer to God. What that looks like is getting involved to grow ourselves. Getting plugged into a small group, into a Bible study. Reading our, our word, praying and talking to the Lord, calling out to Him. Growing ourselves and growing others. Looking for how we can bring others along with us. Um, looking how we can reach others, because that grows us in a different way. Um, I've got some students standing back in the back corner. Um, God has really laid something on their hearts, and it has exactly to do with this. At youth camps this last summer, we, we met a missionary, and uh, he was sharing about a, a tribe in Africa and uh, it's called Kermajong. And the girls back there can tell you more if you have more questions about what they do and stuff. But they've got some t-shirts. And what happened is they were like, hey, you know what? It's awesome that we got to grow closer to God at camp. But we want to be sure that this, these other people can grow closer to God too. And so they took a step of faith here. They stepped out of the boat here seeing Jesus. And they ended up going and printing these t-shirts out of, out of money out of their own pockets, printed these T-shirts. And they are selling those. And the money that comes from selling those raises awareness of this tribe and the missionaries trying to reach them. And then all of that money ends up going straight back to the missionary to reach that tribe of people. So they're back there. If you want to talk to them, pray for them, maybe, maybe purchase a T-shirt or give a donation or whatever, they're back there. Uh, and they're just trying to stay focused on growing themselves and growing others closer to God. Uh, this last weekend, while we were at camp, God did some cool things. He really showed us a lot. We're fixing to have an altar call time. After that, during the tithe, we're going to run a video where some students are going to share what God did and so we can see what was going on in their lives. Um, but right now, as we move into a, an altar call, if you need prayer for anything, feel free to come forwards. Uh, Jeff will be up here and, and some other folks to pray over you. If uh, maybe you realize that you have never called on the Lord to be saved, your, your life is, is crazy. Maybe you're even sinking or sunk. This, this is a time to call out on the Lord, and He will save you. He will help you out of whatever pickle, whatever mess you're in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then, uh, then Jeff will be up here. God, thank you so much for, uh, for being not a ghost coming to haunt us, but a, but a Savior who loves us and wants to, wants to just guide us and help us. And I, I just ask that we would glorify your name in that, that we would glorify you in all that we do. I just ask that in the, in the trials, we would serve you. In the mundane, we would serve you. And that you would be our main focus and that we could have the strength to keep the main thing the main thing. Amen.